Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 33, produced 5 November 2016. Scotland is a land of mountainous wilderness, accented by sweeping glacially formed glens and deep shimmering lochs. It is a bastion of clean, unspoiled beauty with a complex history and a diaspora of millions spread around the world. Scotland is a land that inspires a sense of wanderlust in almost everyone. And because of this, tourism has become a vital part of the Scottish economy. Without question, one of the most successful tourism initiatives in all of Scotland recently has been the development of the North Coast 500, a circular road trip of adventure and discovery around Scotland's northernmost region. In a moment, we embark on a virtual road trip to explore the origins and impact of the North Coast 500 here under the Tartan Sky. Caught up in the mystic and spellbinding saga that is Outlander? Wishing you could be swept away over the sea to sky? Why not come and visit Claire and Jamie's world? It's a land of standing stones, shimmering lochs, and great glens that stretch to the horizon and beyond. Outlander, whether in books or on TV, is Scotland. Come and visit the breathtaking landscapes, walk the historic castle grounds, listen for the skirl of the pipes through the thickening mists. You can travel through time when you visit and experience Scotland. That's the best Get your kicks On Route 66 Get your kicks On Route 66 That song, originally performed And recorded by the late Nat King Cole Celebrated a 2,000 mile Stretch of road launched in 1926 From Chicago to Los Angeles that ultimately became dubbed by author John Steinbeck as the Mother Road. Once a main east-west migratory artery across the USA, the original Route 66 has been all but lost to the era of the superhighway. It is, however, steeped in Americana, representing the spirit that kept Americans moving ever westward in search of adventure and, well, kicks. Over the decades leading into the 1960s, it became as much a holiday destination as vital traffic artery. Roadside attractions, small-town diners, and motor hotels dotted the roadway, jammed with families taking kids on what were often their first adventurous journeys away from home. It's a desire to capture much the same spirit of adventure and discovery that led to a tourism initiative that has become the North Coast 500 in Scotland. In simplest terms, 
It's a scheme to draw visitors, both domestic and international, with cash to spend in local shops, cafes, distilleries, and such, north of Inverness, to an otherwise often underappreciated part of Scotland where few visitors ventured. Established only a year ago in 2015, a new economic study has revealed absolutely incredible results, and I'm quoting there, realized by the region with decades-old tourism records being smashed and demand already exceeding capacity. Kenneth McElroy is project manager of North Coast 500, and I asked him to take us back in time to how and where it all began. The North Coast 500 is one of the projects from North Highland Initiative, NHI, which itself was formed by His Royal Highness Prince Charles and members of the local community who were involved with business, with farming, with tourism. And when I say the local community, I mean the North Highlands. So sort of the sort of anywhere north of, of Inverness, um, especially, was, was the NHI sort of remit. Um, and, and this was one of the, the North Coast 500 was one of their um, projects, their tourism projects, um, to increase tourism in the North Highlands, basically to get people north of Inverness. Um, so that's that's who started the NHI. That was just one of their projects. Um, they also do things with um, with farming um, and uh, belt heritage as well, things like that. Inverness certainly has a huge tourism base, I would think, because Loch Ness is there in Inverness. Yeah. So you're telling me that people never ventured beyond that to the farther northern reaches of Scotland? Uh, not never, but uh, not as much as the likes of Skye, uh, Inverness, Edinburgh, even Stirling. Stirling has a huge um, tourist role as well. So in terms of uh, in tourism, Caithness and Sutherland, Easter Ross and Wester Ross, which composes the North Coast 500, uh, has always been sort of left slightly slightly lagging in terms of tourism numbers. So this was, yeah, this was an, uh, designed to encourage tourism in the North Coast 500. But yeah, you're right. It's not, um, it's just a fancy branding for um, the North Coastal sort of route, if you like. Um, it's got a snazzy name. And uh, yeah, it's the A9 to the A836 to the A894 doesn't sound so catchy so it's it's the north coast 500 yeah there's not a song in 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 the a's to the a's to the a's is there (laughs) no not really is tourism already was tourism already an important element in the economy in that part of scotland yeah absolutely um i I think tourism is vital to all of scotland actually and and caithness and sutherland east ross west ross no different um, I mean, John O'Groats, for instance, is a, is a is a quite a large draw for people who like to do Lands End to John O'Groats, or who just want to be at the sort of most northerly point of Scotland, um, or or if they want to go out west to Sutherland, where it has quite a strong clearances background as well. So there's a lot of actually a huge number of Americans will come back and, and visit to sort of research their 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 genealogy, their family history, as well as soak up some of the spectacular views that you get out west. It's absolutely fantastic. So yes, there has always been tourism in place, but in terms of the rest of Scotland, not as not as much and not enough. Well, before we get too deep into this, then let's approach exactly and let's make sure our listeners understand exactly what is the North Coast 500. There's been a lot written about it. Um, a number of people, probably with your help, I've seen a number of blogs, uh, bloggers who have traveled the, the North Coast 500, written about their experiences, the sites they've seen. Um, but for the uninitiated who maybe is wondering, well, what is this North Coast 500 thing? How would you describe it? How do you tell people what the North Coast 500 is? 
I like to say it's sheer Scotland. <laughs> and it's, um, it's, it's technically, it's a tourism route and encourages you to explore the sort of most northerly regions of mainland Scotland. So that's starting at Inverness and then through the regions of Easter Ross, Wester Ross, Caithness, Sutherland, and perhaps the Black Isle too. Um, just just an area that, of the north of Scotland. Um, but in this area, it's just jam-packed with just amazing stuff. <laughs> it's got 500 miles, or 516 miles actually, um, of white sandy beaches, of beautiful coastal views, fascinating history and archaeology, craft shops, of course, whiskey distilleries, uh, from, uh, the best seafood in the world, if you ask me. It's all on the North Coast 500. And the North Coast 500, to put it in an American term, and, and someone over there has been very brilliant at this, uh, has related it to America's Route 66. People are calling it Scotland's Route 66. Route 66, yes. of course, the, the road that for so many years before the interstate highway system was developed in the 1950s here, it was what they called the mother road. It was the route that everyone took who was heading west. And, and of course, the famous song says, if you're ever traveling west. And so I'm curious how that came about. Was that a marketing strategy that someone put together that uh, there was a brilliant epiphany and said, oh, Route 66, North Coast 500, it's kind of the same thing. How did all those comparisons to Route 66 come about? I think physically, in terms of comparisons, it's quite different. Um, North Coast 500 is actually circular, and Route 66 is obviously uh, much larger and is more of a straight line rather than a circle. Um, and also, Route 66 is probably a lot hotter than the North Coast 500. Um, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, but what... what I think there are similarities in it. It's, it's just sort of that sort of evocative, um, iconic car road trip, I think, that is just so enjoyable. Uh, people just want to get away from it all. And they want to do something you know, iconic and, and classic. Um, just a, a road trip filled with sort of experiences and memories. And I think that's where the two similarities can be drawn actually and I think as far as we're concerned it was um, probably a marketing ploy but they they share the one of the most sort of iconic coastal drives one of the most iconic American drives as well they share so many things in terms of just being uh, almost like a trip of the lifetime kind of thing Route 66 was all of that for a number of people growing up uh, here in the United States in a certain generation. Uh, it was the the route that people took uh, going east to west, uh, Chicago <laughs> all the way across the country to the west coast. Um, much of it has been swallowed up by the interstate system. I travel west uh, quite a bit every year across Texas and into New Mexico, and it, it's always interesting when you're on stretches of the original Route 66, but even then it's largely um, interstate highway now, and there are various associations uh, in, in in all the different states that the road runs through that are trying to preserve some of the roadside attractions that it was famous mm-hmm. for, the little diners, um, the tourist traps, as, as we would call them over here sometimes. Yeah. Um, was there ever, as this was all being formulated, the North Coast 500 was being put together, was there ever any um, official communication back and forth to anyone associated with Route 66 here in the States? Did you draw from that in any way? No, um, not at all. As far as I'm aware, um, I was only involved very briefly in the sort of early planning stages. So I wasn't involved from the start, actually. But I don't believe we'd ever we ever approached, or neither were we approached by Route 66. Um, 
but if they want to get together, then that sounds a good like a good excuse for a holiday at some point. <laughs> but no, we've not we've not heard anything um, from them, and, and neither had we um, approached them. So it's just it's just I think again I think it's just the the similarities that can be drawn in terms of that sort of iconic car journey. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask, have, have you or do you know of anyone uh, officially with route uh, the North Coast five? I'm getting all confused here. Uh, yeah, yeah. The anyone associated with the North Coast 500 has anyone come over to the states and made the drive or, or traveled a part of Route 66 to see what it's all about? I, I don't recall seeing it on social media. As people do mention, having has anyone done Route 66 and would they recommend North Coast 500? But I've not seen any any specific mentions that I've done Route 66 and now I'm going to do the North Coast 500 or vice versa. But it would be really interesting to see if anyone is listening and who who has done that. It would be great if we could hear from them. Well, in the interest of of assisting Scotland, as I love to do, I'll volunteer. I'm here in the States and and I've (laughs) traveled portions of Route 66. I'm happy to make the drive. I love road trips. And I'm more than happy to come to Scotland and travel the North Coast 500. So maybe we can work on that since you handle press trips and that sort of oh, thing. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds like we have more to talk about then. Um, let's talk about then from a visitor standpoint, someone who is coming to Scotland. Maybe now, and and I would think you would hope so. There are people who are making plans to visit Scotland and, and traveling all or a, certainly a portion of the North Coast 500 is very much a part of their itinerary, um, mm. the reason they're coming to Scotland. So let's talk about some things for the traveler. First of all, is it the type of thing you could just show up in a, in a hire car and say, oh, let's go? Or it, does it really require some pre-advanced planning? I would definitely say, given the popularity or the growing, growing popularity of the route, um, you'd be very wise to book ahead um, depending on, on your mode of transport, obviously if you're travelling by caravan, camper van, something like that, and you've got your own transport, things are made a little bit more easy. Although if you're travelling by car or, or by bicycle or by motorbike or or horse or however you're planning to travel <laughs> it, it would be very, yeah, you would, I think, especially if you're going to travel in the tourist season, i.e. the months between May and, and August, perhaps even September now, you should book ahead because it's really starting to explode um, and people are taking bookings well into next year now. Places are actually filling up quite quickly. So if you are looking to travel, um, I would look into booking ahead. So you can do that on our website, www.northcoast500.com, to get a good idea of where the sort of main settlement areas are, where they can get hotels, where they can get bed and breakfasts, who's good to contact, um, as well as other things like um, you know cafes, um, shopping, or and perhaps most importantly petrol pumps as well because they're not all twenty four hours over here. There's a select few, so you have to be, yeah, you have to be. I think you should really be planning ahead to make the best of your North Coast five hundred experience. That's one of the things that I had not thought of was the location and operating hours of uh, petrol pumps. And, and yeah. I, I know, having visited Scotland, that uh, there's not one on every street corner and they aren't 24-7 as so many of them are here in the States. That is definitely something you have to plan for um, yeah. when you're over in Scotland. How much time should one allow? I see things on social media all the time. People say, oh, I'm going to Scotland. We're going to be there for three days. What do I, you know, what do you recommend I go see? You know, and, and I've been there and spent seven weeks and it's like, and I've only seen very small portions of the country. Um, how much time do you recommend? Do you think it takes on average to, to have a, a good quality trip around the North Coast 500? 
I would, I, again, I've seen people who just want to drive the route doing it in three or four days, um, sometimes less, which I just really wouldn't advise because you don't want to be speeding through these areas. You want to be soaking up, you know, the whole Scottish experience or the North Coast 500 experience. There is so much to see and do, um, beautiful scenery, historic attractions galore, um, fantastic hotels and restaurants again. So I would say to make it an, a, an enjoyable excursion, I would say at least a week. Um, up to two weeks if you really if you really wanted to. But I understand that not everyone has that amount of time. So I would say, however, um, a week is is a good is a good amount of time. And is it necessary to travel the entire North Coast 500, make the entire circular route, or are there sections that one can do and and say, okay, I went and I did uh, from point A to point B, and next year when we go back, we'll do point B to point C, etc. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think well the whole the whole the whole logic and reasoning behind the North Coast 500 is just to get people up here. So if they don't want to do the North Coast 500, that's fine. They can spend a week in Dornoch, or they can go into the middle of the North Coast 500, which isn't technically part, but they could go and explore that. Um, or they could do just the West Coast or just the North Coast. It's really up to them. I, I it, there's no set route. There's no you don't have to do it clockwise. You don't have to do it anti-clockwise. There's it's. <laughs> It's it's really up to you and how you want to enjoy it and, and what you're interested in as well. If you want to go and see stunning scenery, then I would probably recommend the West Coast. If you're if you're more into history and sort of activities, things to do, go to the East Coast. So there's there's there there's options for for everyone um, and different ways to do it too. Well, let's talk about that. What are some of the highlights? Uh, I, I'm sure. I, I mean, I know you can't mention every business, every stop, every site. Uh, but what would you tell people are some of the highlights to be seen uh, in various portions, along various portions of the North Coast 500? Sure. Well, Inverness is a very lovely city, and there is plenty to see and do, from Michelin-starred restaurants to you know beautiful riverside walks. And you can go to somewhere like Caithness and and see stunning geological formations known as Duncansby Stacks. Uh, you can go to uh, Golsby, which is in Sutherland, and see chateau-like castles, or a castle rather, uh, which wouldn't look out of place in a Disney film. Um, it's called Dunrobin Castle. Um, and there are, there are equally uh, enigmatic and intriguing castles, which are now ruinous, such as Ardvrek Castle or Castle Sinclair Garnigal. And then there are just, you know, there's about seven whiskey distilleries, there's, gen, there's a gin distillery, there's breweries, there's restaurants, there's cafes, um, and again, I would say the seafood up here ranks, you know, amongst the, some of the best in the world. You know, there's crafts and art shops, there's outdoor activities such as speedboat excursions or mountaineering or Monroe bagging, so you can go and conquer some of those hills that you're just surrounded by all the time. There is so much to see and do, and that is why I would say doing it in three or three or four days just doesn't do it justice, and you've really got to spend at least a week here to to get as much out of it as you can. This must be a huge cooperative effort because you have, as you said, so many different businesses, uh, tourist sites, uh, shops, um, restaurants, cafes, et cetera, et cetera, that are all participating in what is, as you said, at its very essence, um, simply a, a marketing ploy, a plan to bring people up and to expand tourism there. Was it difficult bringing all of those entities together and to get everyone to cooperate and, and buy into the idea that this could be a boon and indeed has proven to be a boon for tourism in the area? Well, I think it would be difficult to get everyone on board and not everyone will be on board with this project. But the, the vast, vast majority 
um, of businesses and towns and groups are totally for this idea. Um, we Really, we worked alongside the area tourism groups to make the North Coast 500 work and to, to listen to them to see how they viewed the route, how we could adapt it, how we could work together with, with their specific areas because each area is different and has its different challenges too. Um, but by pulling them all together and sort of uh, developing this idea that, that, that really brings us all together as well and that tourism uh, is such a... a a benefit for for everyone not just one's business not just one particular area the north coast 500 benefits the entire area because tourism essentially is such a fantastic economic provider for for whole areas so i think now especially seeing the success of the north coast 500 people are really keen to get on board and work together to to make sure they get the best out of it and the north coast 500 as a tourism plan was actually only launched in 2015. It's not two years old yet. Um, sure. What have the results been? I know I've, I've seen different uh, newspaper articles, one recently, uh, that indicated, at least from, I know the folks who make, uh, you'll give me the distillery name because it doesn't pop into my brain at the moment, but I know the makers of Rock Rose Gin are mm-hmm. planning yeah. to build uh, a shop, a storefront that they had right. in their business plan, but probably a few more years down the road than what they, and they're doing it now because of the uh, results that they've seen. Is that pretty much the case across the board? How has yeah. it been economically for the area? Economically, I think it's been a real success. Um, um, for instance, I mean, the, the North Coast 500 in its first six months, it was it was sort of introduced or or, or, or sent out to about 620 million people online, which is an incredible amount of attention for the area. And and so this has been translated into real success in terms of visitor numbers. Um, I mentioned Dunrobin Castle earlier, and that's now, this year is now 12,000 visitors up on last year. Um, Dunnett Bay, as you, as you mentioned, um, they will be building a shop much sooner than anticipated. They've gone from something like 20 visitors a week to 100 visitors a week. Um, and another statistic which sticks out um, is uh, Davar Bed and Breakfast in Loch Enver. Um, their winter bookings are now up 240%, wow. <laughs> which is quite incredible. Uh, and the year-on-year number of bookings is up 15% for them. And that's just a small selection of, of facts and figures uh, which stick in my mind, but there are there are so many more where people are just so highly complimentary of what the of what this has done for their business. I mean, it's it's sort of stated as the North Coast 500 effect has really is really it's in some cases it's saved businesses, it's encouraged people to keep going with their business, and that's what an area a vulnerable area like the North North Highlands needs. It needs people to to stay in and and run businesses. And moreover, have successful businesses too. I guess that begs the question then, if all of this was there to be seen, and certainly it was, as we said, this isn't some super highway that Scotland just constructed over the last year. Um, Why wasn't it being appreciated before? Why didn't people know about or visit this area of Scotland? I I think that's an interesting question. Um, Certainly, as far as I'm, I've lived here for around 26 years, um, and it's 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 difficult to understand why not because there is so much to see and do. Uh, like I say, beaches, uh, distilleries, uh, castles. There is so much, so it's difficult to understand. But perhaps just it's so far away from everywhere else. People, if they are travelling to Scotland, will need to fly into Inverness. 
and then from Inverness to Thurzor, that's another two and a half hours. So that is quite a lot, you know, it's quite a distance to make um, if you are wanting to travel here. But if the people fly fly into to Edinburgh, that's six hours away. It's it is very remote, but it's well worth visiting. So perhaps that's the reason. I, I think it's quite difficult to understand why not because it does have everything that that Scotland is famous for, such as distilleries, you know, beautiful views, uh, and really interesting history too. I, I think it's interesting too that the story of Scotland is so much concentrated. I think around Edinburgh and Glasgow, and to a certain extent, certainly Loch Ness and and Inverness. I was talking uh, on a previous podcast with folks from uh, Aberdeenshire, and and they're in the process of reinventing themselves, that region of the country, um, Mm -hmm. away from being so oil and energy concentrated to trying to, again, bring uh, a greater amount of tourism to the area. Um, And yet when people make their first trip to Scotland, and again, I see this on social media all the time, they want to go to Edinburgh. They want to go to Glasgow. Um, yeah. They want to go to Loch Ness and, and look for Nessie, of course. But those are the iconic tourism areas of Scotland. And so does the country as a whole, you think, uh, sometimes suffer because there's so much concentrated um I don't know if it's promotion or knowledge or just simply a perception that uh, if you're going to Scotland, you must do Edinburgh, you must do Glasgow, you must do Loch Ness. And so many other regions of the country are left unexplored. Yeah, possibly. I I don't know if that's a bad thing that people are coming to Scotland. Um, But going to certain areas, it would be nice if if it spread out a bit more. But because these areas are just so rightly famous i mean loch ness is stunning edinburgh is is one of my favorite cities to visit it's just truly beautiful um excuse me but what that's what the north coast 500 has done it's given them another option and it discusses or it, it really sort of demonstrates just how much there is to see and do in scotland and just thinking about the north coast 500 there is just so much to see and do in that particular area i think you're spoiled for choice and if 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 scotland suffers as a as a lack of of um, diversification of, of the sort of tourism is probably a question I'm not qualified to answer, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but but I think I think that the North Coast 500 certainly challenges the perceptions of what there is to see and do in Scotland and, and how you visit Scotland too, um, because it's just been such a runaway success. I think you make a good point that it certainly should challenge the way of of how and you visit Scotland and where you go to see things. Because I tell people all the time now that uh, when I hit that reaction, people say, oh, I'm going to go to Edinburgh. I'm going to Glasgow. I'm going to go to yeah. Loch Ness. Uh, yeah, those are the top three sites. But there is so much more to see and do. The Borders, I spent some time there um, two years ago. And the Borders is a beautiful region of the country. And yet it's not what you think of when you think of Scotland. It isn't the the big rocky cliffs, the beaches, it, it's rolling hills, very much like the Midwest U.S., and yet mm-hmm. it is indeed a beautiful area of the country that to a large extent goes unexplored um, because it doesn't have the the iconic scenery or sites that normally one associates with Scotland. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the North Coast 500, I think you've done a brilliant job in, uh, again, creating uh, essentially a marketing philosophy that gives people a reason to go and see a different part of the country and, and to find that there is a great deal more to explore in Scotland than just Edinburgh, Glasgow, and Inverness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would um, I would also say it's the best place in Scotland, but I'm slightly <laughs> biased. So. Good for you. 
<laughs> Good for you. Well, let's talk about then. Hopefully we're getting to the point where we're intriguing some people, making them think, ah, maybe this is something I'd like to do. The place to go to find out, I guess, where to start a, a planning a journey to the North Coast 500 would be your website. You mentioned it earlier. We'll have it in our podcast show notes. I looked at it and found, among many other things, there's an interesting thing called a members club. I was completely intrigued by that. So tell me a little about the website and, and what all is involved there. Yeah, well, with the members club, you get, uh, well, the, the website, first of all, is www.northcoast500.com. Um, and that's a really extensive website that tells you everything, basically everything you need to know about the North Coast 500. There's an interactive map which features hotels, pumps, cafes, restaurants, towns, villages. Um, there is a what to see and do section, so it gives you some detailed instructions or, or suggestions rather about what you can do there, uh, uh, playing on your sort of particular interests too, if you're interested in outdoor attractions or scenery or food. There's almost weekly blogs now, actually, from, from various people across the route um, to, to give you more of an idea of what there is to see and do. So there is a lot. If you are considering coming to the North Coast 500, it's the best place to start in terms of just discussing or, or, or looking at what you can do. And with that, our members club as well, I think it's a really great way to, uh, if you are definitely going to go, then I would hi- highly recommend joining the, 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 the members club. Um, with that, you get your map, you get the access to the sort of um, forum section, you get route support from ourselves. Um, and actually, there is something very cool coming out, which I can't talk about right now, but it's coming soon, um, which will make it, which will make it um, a real, a real bonus if you were to become a member. Um, I think it's great. Um, and on top of that, the the um, Explorer member, which is real value for money too is um, it offers you basically the chance to have an itinerary written by ourselves and sometimes yours truly um, to basically how to do your entire trip if you don't if you if you don't want to do all the planning we can take care of that for you and we can tell you where to go where to eat what to see who to meet what to do it's it's a step-by-step instructions and i think it provides real value for money that one well, see, there's another reason you and I should talk, because obviously you're going to need someone to come make the trip um, with your itinerary, with your suggestions on what to see and do, test it out, and then yes. blog and podcast about it. So I'm your guy. Uh, you won't just, be disappointed. I, I'm happy to, to be the, the sacrificial um, <laughs> guinea pig, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the website is a starting point, obviously. Uh, there are, as I said, uh, I've seen a number of blogs. You can Google the North Coast 500, get a lot of information there. Uh, and you talked a moment ago earlier on about whether you're driving it uh, in your own car for hire, um, whether you're traveling it by horse and buggy or whatever it may be. Um, and, and there has been, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, there's been someone who's walked the entire route. Is that correct? I've heard that, um, but I've, I've not managed to trace who this person is or where they're from or how they did it. So, um, yeah, I have heard that one, but but not got any further with that one, I'm afraid. Well, and, and I guess my point is, do you have to do it on your own or as in other parts of uh, Scotland where tourism is big? Are there planned bus trips that you can get on and, and have a driver and a guide who takes you along certain sections of it and, and, and helps you to see what there is to see? Um, I think that's something that's just beginning to emerge, actually, is is bus trips and coach trips and tour guides who are actually u- uniquely focusing on or, or who, who are also now focusing on the North Coast 500 as a tour. And again, this is something that didn't really exist before. There, there wouldn't be so many coach trips. Um, 
So it would maybe be to a specific point um, on the North Coast 500, but now doing it as the North Coast 500. So that's something that's starting to emerge. Um, not not something that we're so closely involved in, but certainly you can just look that up on the website, and yeah, there'll be there'll be plenty of um, groups out there who are who are able to help you out. So, do you see the marketing, and do you think others see um, the North Coast 500 as a a bucket list item? Something that's go, oh, I've got to go do that, and you've done it once, and okay, been there, done that, got the t-shirts, it's and the whiskey glasses, etc. Or is yeah. it the type of thing that you think tourists will come back to time and time again? Well, anecdotally, what we're seeing is people coming back time and time again, actually, and that's what that's what we really need. That's what tourism is all about: is creating. A real experience for people, an unforgettable experience that they that makes them drives them back mm-hmm. uh, time and time again. Um, and yes, the North Coast Five Hundred is providing that. People are coming coming for a week and saying it wasn't nearly enough. Seven days wasn't enough. I'm coming back next year for two weeks. I'm coming back next year and I'm bringing all the family. I'm coming back next year and I'm spending my time here. And then I'm going to have to go here because I missed this and I didn't go here. Um, so yeah, I think it's somewhere that that is definitely. Um, people are coming back to visit. And we're seeing that anecdotally from local businesses as well, which is really positive and encouraging to hear. Are there statistics with regard to, is your audience primarily domestic, that is coming from within Scotland, perhaps people, as we said, from the Central Belt, from the borders coming north to see a part of the country maybe they've never seen before? Is it people within the UK and, and or international visitors? Do you have a sense for how that all breaks out? Um, we, we don't really have any, in terms of physical visitors, that's difficult to track um, and we might never know those sort of numbers. But certainly via the website, we can see that people uh, who are interested in the North Coast 500 are, are primarily visiting yeah, domestically from, from Scotland and England, huge numbers from, from here. Uh, it's quite interesting to see such a huge number of people interested in your own sort of country, which it just, I think is really good, actually. Um, so that that's it's it's probably the domestic markets is what we've been um, not focusing on. It's just they, they focused on the North Coast 500. The next sort of step down from that, or the next um, biggest visitor group would actually be from the United States of America, um, which really? is really great to see. And then from there on, and there's there's lots of people from from Europe as well, actually. So it's it's really great to see um, just such interest, even if it is domestic or if it's from out with the out with the domestic community. And do you think the segment of visitors from America uh, does that have anything to do with the uh, the Route sixty six connection? Do you think Americans are naturally suited to loading the kids up in a station wagon and making that iconic road trip? Yeah, I, I, there could be a bit of that. I I think Americans really love Scotland. Um, and I think that's great. I love speaking to Americans when they come here, and it's it, they're always so interested in the area. Um, so I think there's 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 part of that sort of again the iconic road trip, which is maybe part of the American psyche. And um, I think it's also part that the North Coast 500 offers this alternative Scotland, if you like, which is just so attractive and beautiful and interesting. The North Coast 500 is still relatively young. We've talked about the idea that, that, for example, coach trips may just now be sort of emerging and developing as people are focusing not on point A to point B trips, but looking at the North Coast 500 itself as a destination. What are some of the other plans with regard to further development and enhancement of the North Coast 500 experience? I think uh, we are still very young in development. And I also think that we were slightly overwhelmed 
by just how successful the route was, we weren't prepared for for this. We we um, have kind of been caught unawares, but it's 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 now sort of playing catch up and and seeing how best to develop the route from now on in. And it's really great to see the likes of Visit Scotland and the Scottish Government have such an interest in the development of this route. And with that comes the development of, of the communities within this route too. There's certainly much to be done in terms of infrastructure and the, the, the development of, of signage, of, of roads, of, of, of making sure that everyone is aware of how to best take advantage of tourism as well. There, there is still that too. Um, there, there is a lot to be done, I think. Um, in terms of the actual strategy... Um, I don't think I could mention too much about that just now, partly because I'm not really involved in that. <laughs> so, um, so, but there is definite changes on the way to make sure that this is a continued success and that the communities involved also feel the success of it too. Well, and as you say, there there will be not just the development, but there then becomes the maintenance of the infrastructure, the roadway, for example. As you begin to draw more and more tourists there, it's going to put a greater demand on the services that are there, which hopefully, from your standpoint, I'm sure, means the uh, the development of, of new and, and greater amounts of resources, be it new B&Bs, new cafes, new shops, et cetera, that'll be opening up that were not perhaps existent before. But it also puts a strain on, and I hear this talked about a great deal, uh, for example, with regard to the Isle of Skye and how popular it's become, that mm-hmm. during the, the peak tourist season, uh, in some cases, the roads become almost impassable because of all the people traveling in caravans and things of that nature. And you can't get a and b if you don't book months in advance. Um, mm-hmm. Is there some thought to uh, our planning process into how do we not let this happen to the North Coast 500 as it continues to boom in, in acceptance and just in success? Well, it's interesting. I know that some people in the North Coast 500 would wish it to remain um, a quiet backwater. Mm, yes. But I'm afraid that there are far more many people who depend on this area to provide for them financially and economically. Uh, and tourism is such a vital component of that in terms of Scotland. Um, the, the North Highlands and the North Coast 500 is no different. So it is, whilst it's important that we do sort of not offset the, the, the popularity, we need to sort of address it and think about how, how can we best make sure that as many people are are kept happy as possible because we don't want to upset anyone because it's such a success, but it's very difficult to make something um, like this work and and not have to make perhaps some sacrifices. But if anyone's suggesting that it's going to turn into a a metropolitan, um, busy, London-esque type uh, community, (laughs) then that's that's never going to happen ever. Um, but we do have to make sure that we are responsible and thinking and planning ahead and thinking about how can we best manage the situation so that yeah, so that so that it's not that roads aren't impassable, so that that people aren't feeling um, put out by not being able to book ahead or, or things like that. This 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 is all very important sort of questions that we have to we have to work towards. Um, but for the moment, it's 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 very much just about. Um, promoting the route and making sure people still keep keep visiting it too. Well, I'm a few years older than you are, and I grew up in the 50s and 60s as a child and a young man. 
And here in the States, there was um, a very popular TV show called Route 66. And I can't help but draw that comparison. It, it was a, a program that I used to watch every week when it came on. It was about two young guys just out of university traveling across the United States on the Mother Road on Route 66 in what was then and probably still is today one of the iconic American sports cars, a Chevrolet Corvette. Um, I know it's early in the game, but is there any sense of maybe something like that someday happening there in Scotland? Is STV or maybe BBC looking at the idea that, wow, there's a great, you know, especially in this age of reality TV, uh, there's a great opportunity to um, take off and tour uh, and do a a recurring show about the adventures along the North Coast 500. I mean, I'm just imagining as I'm talking about this, um, sending Jack and Victor from Still Game (laughs) around uh, the North Coast 500. But um, is there that type of promotional thought going on anywhere, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, well, we've already featured um, on television and domestically um, with the BBC One show, um, as well as BBC Reporting Scotland's um, Weather Channel. They did a five-day tour of the North Coast 500, um, doing a um, a broadcast live from a specific point along the North Coast 500, presenting the weather. So we have featured on on, on TV um, already, and we are should be looking forward to to more sort of promotional opportunities as well, um, in any way um, that people might be interested. And yeah, I think something like Still Game would be would be would be great crack, <laughs> and um, maybe bring a smile to people's faces. Just, but yeah, I think I think TV is really important alongside the social media, alongside the the newspapers and the National Geographic's, the CNN. I think seeing the the North Coast Five Hundred on television live with a with a camera is, is the best, one of the best ways to see it, actually. So You've mentioned several times social media. How important has social media been to the, to the immediate success of the North Coast 500? And without it, do you think the success would be the same? I think that social media was a, a key. It was, it was key to the success of the North Coast 500, actually. It was, I don't know if it was um, maybe perhaps one of the sort of first um, tourism groups or, or tourism projects to really just focus on social media um, to promote it. Um, again, this was this was during the time when I, I wasn't here actually, but um, it, it seems that it was a, a huge part of its success was down to social media, and I think that's a great way of attracting you know a younger generation as well actually into into sort of travel and um, outdoor adventures and things like that. That social media is so well used by the younger generations that that it was it would seem like a great idea to try and get them involved as well, um, and we do see that actually that quite a surprising amount of visitors to the North Coast 500 are actually relatively young, sort of 25 to 34. Um, it was quite a high percentage of visitors when we recently conducted a a, a business a, a wee survey. So it was it's I think it was yeah it was incredibly important in terms of its of its of its success. So to wrap things up then, for someone who uh, perhaps has not considered the North Coast 500, maybe they're just hearing about it now through this podcast or other social media or other outlets, what would your advice be to someone considering, you know, okay, I'm going to go to Scotland. I've got a week. Do I go to Edinburgh? Do I go to Glasgow? Do I go hunt for Nessie? Uh, Or do I go to the North Coast 500? I know what your answer will be, but how would you persuade somebody? What, What would your advice be? Well, I would advise them if they were looking for Nessie, they would probably be looking for a long, long time. Um, so if they wanted well to come and find 
if they wanted to come and find something um, which is just ultimately is the it's just a Scottish experience uh, combined with an iconic road trip uh, with beautiful beaches with castles with mountains with whiskey with everything you could possibly think you'd want to see in Scotland then come and do the North Coast 500. My thanks as always to my guest Kenneth McElroy project manager of North Coast 500. Though only a year old much has already been written about the drive and it has become a favorite of travel bloggers especially those in Scotland. You'll find a link to the North Coast 500 website in our show notes at www.underthetartansky.scot, along with other helpful links where you can learn more about the drive and things to see and do along the route. We opened the program with the Nat King Cole version of Route 66, and there is already a musical interpretation of the North Coast 500, written and performed by Mr. Dave Sheriff of Telford in Shropshire, England. He wrote to the North Coast 500 Members Club and said he was inspired to write the song after a visit back in August. So we'll let Dave Sheriff play us to the credits. Until next time, I'm Glenn Moyer. Tapalev, Agus Alpha Gubra. Mother ran that North Coast Highway And many fine sights to see Around every corner things that will amaze you And you'll love the Highland hospitality When you go through the gate Out in the Nest City Heading west towards the sound of Rassay Stopping off at Apple Cross You can visit Eagle Rock You'll be sure to find peace and tranquility 500 miles around that North Coast Highway There's many fine sights to see Around every corner things that will amaze you And you love the Highland hospitality As the morning sun awaits You can sure appreciate The beauty on the road to Kinloch Magnificent chill views And the clouds that in Peru As the winding road takes you to other Five hundred miles around that North Coast Highway There's many fine sights to see Around every corner things that will amaze you And you love the Highland hospitality It's a long, long road that as far as you can go As you reach the furthest point in the Northwest We say goodbye to the West Coast And the beauty we have seen As we leave the remote village of Durham's 500 miles around that North Coast Highway There's many fine sights to see Around every corner things that will amaze you And you love the Highland hospitality Down, leaving John O'Brose and Wickham far behind Going back from where we came Past Granny's Hill and Hame As we travel down the highway number nine Five hundred miles around that North Coast Highway There's many fine sights to see Around every corner things that will amaze you And you love the Highland hospitality Five hundred miles around that North Coast Highway Many fine sights to see Around every corner things that will amaze you And you love the Highland hospitality
Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. Learn more on our website at www.glenlmoyer.com. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're there, check out our online shop where you can buy exclusive Under the Tartan Sky logo apparel and other items. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore Tartan Sky. That's the underscore symbol Tartan Sky. And thank you for listening.